This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Vanessa, <laughs> I like this intro very, very much. Oh, there. Oh, now we're getting to the, the moment. It's about to get really scary, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Halloween this Monday, October 31st. It, it's giving me unsolved mysteries. It's not. Which I've been binging the, the latest season. It's really? on Netflix. But they're only releasing three episodes a week. So I think it's nine episodes in a season. I can't watch that stuff anymore because my husband doesn't allow me. I, I went through a what? Dateline phase, and he's like, you're very depressed right now. You're watching too much Dateline. Okay, Vanessa, what did you Google to find that music? What music did you just play for us? Press me. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, that's right. There it is. If you know horror films, you know that background noise right now. I watched uh, Michael Bay's remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street on Friday. Or, or Saturday night mm-hmm. um, because I haven't seen it since it came out years ago. Not as bad as critics said it was. Not as good as the the original iconic version from 1984, I believe, obviously. Uh, but happy Halloween, Char Jossel, filling in for Michaela Gordon. Yes. How are you? I am. You know what? I'm great. You're an alien superstar. I am an alien superstar. Shout out to Beyonce and Renaissance. I am. Uh, what am I? I am an aloe advertisement. <laughs> I am wearing athleisure right now because I'm tired. And uh, Halloween's a lot for me. Same. You feel like it's sort of an obligation here in Los Angeles. Why? Well, I feel like it's an obligation because it's just part of the culture here. But what I will say, AJ, what's really kind of been grinding my gears lately in the past few years with Halloween is that one costume is not good enough. Oh, That drives me nuts. I am not a six costume Mm -mm. Halloween girl. Especially if you're anywhere in proximity to any sort of like fame or Hollywood at yeah. all. You're expected to wear something different to everything you go to. Yep. Not me. We recycled our costumes this weekend. We went to Frankie Grande and Joan Grande's uh, Halloween party again this year to their Halloween horror camp. Shout out to both of them. Frankie, you're so talented. He's so, so talented. And very sweet. So kind. Um, but the show was so much fun. Marissa Jarrett Winoker back. She was hysterical as always. Um, but we wore, I was a referee and my husband was a wide receiver football player so oh, specifically but a, um, a wide receiver i was about to say is that a double I'm entendre like, you be a wide receiver or a tight end he's like well i don't know what a tight end is i'm like i know you don't know the sport so you're a wide receiver so you so. you were at frankie grande i was with kid fury i, I went know. to, to trilloween i had never been to a trilloween i've trilloween. been to fury's parties before what's a trilloween it's his annual halloween party okay. that he throws and originally i didn't have anything planned at his 
party sold out in one day. So I just shot him a text. Yes, that's a bit of a flex, I guess. Go for and it. And he said, you know, come on through, girl. Quit playing. Slide through. And so I partied the night away with him. I saw. I saw on your it was, Insta it was stories great. somewhere. That's fun. I was very inebriated. Uh, as you should be. We were done by Friday, though. After Friday night, we didn't go out again. We literally, my husband, this is our routine, okay? Uh-huh. When it comes to going out and like WeHo. He's always like, okay, let's go to WeHo after dinner. We get to WeHo. We after get... dinner? Y'all don't be sleepy? No, yeah. We, yes. We'll hear the whole story, Char, because here's <laughs> where it gets even better. We get dropped off at one end of WeHo. We stop, start at about, if you know the area of Santa Monica Boulevard, right around Yogurt Stop is usually where we start, right? Mm-hmm. Be- before Trunks and before Revolver, all those. Mm-hmm. And we make a, a pass. We walk through them all. And then we either uh, continue walking to Insomnia Cookies, which is outside of the, the mm-hmm. pavilions there. Yeah. Or we make a left on Robertson, walk past the Abbey and call an Uber. Every time. We don't go in any place. He's like, eh, I don't really feel like it. Looks kind of young. Looks kind of crowded. Looks kind of a bit much. Yes, yes. And then we just don't go to anything. We ran into Tony Moore, who's a friend of our show. Ran into him oh, on that, that night. He's like, Tony. he's like, honey, I'm out of here. He's for- like, I just, Another former after buzz. Yeah, he's like, I just hosted. I'm going home now. He has some little to-go food with him. That's what we did the rest of the weekend. To-go food on the couch. I worked the Ebony Power 100. Okay. And then afterwards went to a part like a blowout i'm talking like strobe light oh. granted i was in someone's section that's but intense. like it was it was an intense day and i realized that i really hadn't eaten and the, the carpet was two hours long yeah you have to be there an hour before of course so i was out on saturday and then yesterday i just was bed rest i don't miss those carpets <laughs> i remember those days oh yeah yeah i could do i could do one every now and then though i i saw did you see that kim kardashian did you hear about this she showed up at tracy ellis ross's 50th birthday Gala, her birthday dinner, which was a formal dinner, dressed as Mystique from X-Men. <sighs> Nobody dressed in costume except for Kim Kardashian. Oh, that would have pissed me off. I, but Tracy said it was amazing. She was very happy. But what is she going to say? What's she going to say? Oh, it me off. It's my birthday. But I think it's probably one of those things where you throw, you throw a birthday on. I know it's her 50th, so you can't really choose. But you throw a birthday on Halloween weekend. Again, celebrities have a lot of things to attend. So if you're going as Mystique, what are you going to do? All that makeup yeah, and stuff. Yeah, it takes hours. Which, is, which we should also shout out Gabrielle Union. Happy, I know. she also turned 50. My husband They said, share a birthday. Listen, my, no tea, no shade. My husband did say to me this week, and he goes, wow, I can't believe Tracy Ellis Ross and Gabrielle Union are the same age. Yeah. Because they both look phenomenal, yeah. right? But Tracy looks like 40. Yeah. Gabrielle Union looks 30 still. She does. Which is wild. They both look great. I think that they're the same age as, well, no, she might be a little bit younger. Remember the meme that was floating around with Sarah Huckabee Sanders? Uh, God. I don't want to pick apart people's looks, but she, I think Sarah Huckabee Sanders is like 37, she, uh, for yeah, what it's worth. She looks hit. I'm going <laughs> to say it right here now. Okay, well, we have a great show coming up for us. Uh, I think we should get right to it. Our first, our last episode of the month, our first episode of the week. Oh Let's do gosh. some news on the, the beat. The is due, AJ. I know. I hate when the rent is due, especially in L.A. A woman came to a board of trustees meeting and trounced conservative Christians after a county's library director was driven from his job for refusing to take down a pride display. Maury County, Tennessee Library Director Zachary Fox resigned last week after getting pressured by a group of residents who said that the LGBTQ-themed books were inappropriate. Uh, Maury County Board of Trustees held a meeting that got heated, and one woman, identified as Jesse Graham, who is an icon, is going viral for her rigorously or righteously angry speech about the people who drove Fox from his job. I've never been sexually assaulted at a drag show, but I have been in church twice. The man in that church told me it was my fault. This whole scenario should have stopped at the United States of America where we have free speech, but it didn't. We're here. 
And it's so ironic that he also served in our military. That guarantees us these freedoms. And he is here. Moved from another place to come here and tell us that a community that we love, we are related to, we are friends with, they babysit our kids, we work with them, but they're dangerous. That's bullshit. Mm -hmm. They haven't done anything to anyone. And I'm so sick of listening to this weird, fake, pious about Christianity being the reason behind we have to protect the kids. Jesus didn't go anywhere and condemn people. He did not ever walk into any place and steal hatred and lies and completely annihilate a group of human beings who just want to exist. Oh, I shared this on my Instagram a few days ago when it first started going viral, and and then my husband shared it again yesterday. I've seen it pop up left and right. This woman, and I'm, I'm glad that she stood up and said what she had to say because it's it's disgusting what's happening in our country. Um, but also, her, her passion was so mm. beautiful. And in a place like Tennessee, and she was getting rounds of applause in Tennessee. Yeah. So it gives me some hope, right? The elections, yeah. midterms are, you know, eight days away. And as we look up and see, you know, Stacey Abrams right now at her debate this weekend with Governor Kemp, uh, who would not say whether or not he would uh, would completely sign more laws to ban abortion rights in the state of Georgia, wouldn't go on record and say it, which tells mm. you everything you need to know. So get out and vote if you haven't yet. If you can vote early, go do it. I think we'll end right there for now. Here's a little bit of weather before Char gives us a vibe of the day. It's a high of 68 today in D.C., 75 in Dallas, 66 in Denver, 60 in San Francisco. 80 degrees here in Los Angeles and 88 in Palm Springs, which I, where that's where I will be this weekend, actually. Palm Springs Pride coming up, finally. So exciting about that. Uh, November? I know, right? It's so fun, though. It's different. Yeah, yeah. It's, I guess it's crisp out I know, there. Right? Kinda, it's like right? right before the holidays. Yeah. Uh, what do you have for us? So in the name of spooky season and it being the last day of October and actually Halloween, this quote comes from Alfred Hitchcock. He says, there is no terror in the bang only the anticipation of it. Ooh, I love the anticipation. That's why I love the scream. That's why I love slasher flicks. No. It's the chase scene through the woods. Gets me every single time. Yeah. Come on. Vanessa. This is a good one. This is Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. The nostalgia attached to this. Okay, Nightmare Before Christmas. This brings up a really interesting debate right now. Uh-huh. I'm going to ask you ladies live on the air, give me your first answer. Is this a Halloween or a Christmas film? This? Oh, oh. I'd say, I'm going to say Halloween. What do you think, Vanessa? Uh, oh, my God. It's a mashup. It's, it's a, a mashup. I know. It's too dark to be a Christmas film. It's definitely Halloween. How on earth is it called The Nightmare Before Christmas, but it's really kind of about Halloween. Dark people also have Halloween. Yeah, that's real. That's well, no, real. I know. I'm just saying, it, it, to me, it's a Halloween movie with Christmas inflections. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. It is Christmas definitely not the title. A, it's definitely not a Christmas film, though. Those scary ghosts and all mm-hmm. of the, the, some of those sequences going on. I might on. need to rewatch The Nightmare Before Christmas. I haven't watched that in quite a while. Jack Skellington is sort of my idol. Have you watched uh, Wendell in the Wild on Netflix? No. I haven't either, but it's being compared to okay. just the animation and I'm gonna some check of it the out story. I loved Corpse Bride. I loved Coraline, like the, that style of animation. This is by animation. Jordan Peele. Okay. The, the Wendell. Listen, I'll check it out. 
Uh, fact remains, though, Halloween is here, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, it is very, very different than when uh, it started back in the early 19th century, okay? So back in the day, you know, Americans love dressing up today, and and not all countries in the world really celebrate Halloween. Not all religions, by the way, do either. I had a lot of friends when I was kids, their parents wouldn't let them uh, celebrate Halloween with costumes or things like that, but... So glad that wasn't my family. <laughs> Did you know, though, that back in the day before mass-produced costumes were a thing, everybody was basically a witch or a ghost. There weren't a whole lot of options. Really? Right? Well, in the 1980s, though, and this is I could talk about this all day long, the impact of the slasher genre. We're talking the Halloween films, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Friday the 13th. Those all really came out in the early 80s. Uh, I think Halloween came out in 1978, but that really ushered in this whole era of bloody, gory Halloween costumes, right? Um, and then all of a sudden, we started getting Halloween masks. Uh, Richard Nixon was one of the first, right? Oof. That was a big, scary one back in the day. Still I remember is a lot of scary. People wearing, I, right, I remember a lot of people wearing those when I was a kid. And then, and then actually, the Michael Myers mask, oddly enough, is William Shatner. It's a mask of William Shatner that they smashed oh. and beat up so bad. Oh, my God. If you think about it, yeah. And they it messed is up the hair. William Shatner. William Shatner. So that's how the Halloween mask <clears throat> came about in the, in the late 1970s. But Halloween has evolved. And nowadays, I feel like people people get dressed up based on pop culture, which is exactly what you did. Yes. You're alien superstar. Yes. Beyonce. You better get familiar with it mm-hmm. if you don't know. Are you are you one of those when it comes to Halloween costumes, do you feel pressure from your friends to like try to like be up to date? Do you try to do something witty or like something that are you trying to get a reaction from people like, oh my god, that's great. I love that. I didn't think of it. No, I kinda I I like to do original things, mm-hmm. but I do get my in, I do get informed by whatever happened in that calendar year within pop culture. Like one yeah. of my most popular costumes was Malia Obama. Okay. But it was Malia Obama after she was caught allegedly smoking marijuana. Amen. And then she reappeared in the public with a harvest hat on to remind all the haters that's where she's going in the fall mm. as she wore a shirt that said smoking kills and she was laughing okay and so i did that and then i did a character from american horror story who's popular in like uh haitian hoodoo okay um papa legba except i did mama legba i've done a few but like i said it's throughout like that specific calendar year and originally I had planned to be Beyonce from the Oscars, from Be Alive when she was on the tennis court. Got it. I was like, that's an easy one. I can get me a little yeah. green dress and a tennis racket. I already have the hair. She did the song from uh, King Richard? Yeah. Yeah. And so, but you know, I just, I mean, Renaissance. And this was already in my closet. So yeah, that's well, how I pick my costumes. Whatever you are doing today, uh, make sure that you pick a costume that's not offensive. A lot of people getting canceled God. left and right. I'm looking through these photos of, of Halloweens of history past. This photo's from 1919, right? And it's a group of young American children dressed up like Chinese men because mm. there was an obsession with Far East culture at that time. Mm. Uh, and a lot of like white people hadn't seen you know anybody of Asian descent. Uh, of course, a lot of people dress up like Native Americans. Yeah. Problematic. You know what I mean? It, they it's, do it's, that for Coachella. Uh-huh. All, all day, every day. I was supposed to be, this is interesting, so when my book came out, what, 2018 or something, I was supposed to be on the Megyn Kelly show. And oh, God. a day, I think, I think it was a day or two before I was supposed to fly out, she got canceled. You can remember her, her Halloween costume mm-hmm. got her, and she talked talk about blackface and, talk about mm-hmm. and got canceled for it, and her show literally got canceled, like immediately. Yeah. And I was like, oh, honey, I was supposed to be on your show. Could you have been a little bit less problematic just a couple days longer? You're talking to Megan Kelly. I know, but listen, you're trying to promote a book. You'll go anywhere. And mm-hmm. I would have. 
Um, but what is your what do you have? A, do you have a, a childhood memory, a favorite costume, anything that stands out for you? So this is funny that you ask this because really quickly I think about specifically fifth grade mm. for whatever reason I forgot I had my an entire costume planned. I think I was going to be a clown that year. Mm. And I forgot the costume at home. I was so pissed. I don't know how I got my days mixed up. And so <laughs> we used to do parades. You know, elementary school, you do like the Halloween parade. And so that year, I distinctly remember I had on a green sweatshirt and blue jeans. And my <sighs> teacher leaned in and said, why don't you just be the earth? Whoa. <laughs> you are your so pants for the ocean. Your yeah, upper... <laughs> yeah, I was the earth fifth That's grade adorable. for the parade. And I was so upset. And then I got to wear my costume, of course, at night to uh, to, to go trick-or-treat. And I'm glad that my parents were those black Baptists mm. who still had me in church. I was in choir. I was in church a few nights a week. Mm. But they never took away the paganism. Like, Amen. we believed in Santa Claus at one point in time. We had Easter baskets with the Easter Wait, bunny. Wait, what do you mean at one point in time? I still believe in Santa Claus. That's, <clears> actually, <throat> that's actually a true story. Ask <laughs> Michaela Gordon. Uh, I actually won a Halloween costume as a clown one time. My grandmother, may she really? rest in peace. She's dead as dead can be right now. But mm-hmm. she was alive at one point. She made me a, a, a clown costume. And I won, I think, grand prize in our town, for my age group, in our town Halloween parade. And the grand prize was, this is a big, big deal, a Snickers bar oh, and a $2 bill in an envelope that I still have to this day. Really? I still have it, and I saved it from the day I won the Halloween costume. Oh, contest. that's a sweet memory. In case I get broke someday, you're always going to need a $2 bill. It's always going to come in handy I at some three point. I have three $2 bills you know, at I my mom's to, house. I have a stack of them, actually, full of envelopes. I used to print out these envelopes and... I and thought you were about to say, you used to print out the $2 bills. I was no. about to say, now hold on now. <laughs> Maybe I'll tell the $2 bill story some other time or I'll tell you off air. If you want to hear it, DM me. Here's the responsible answer. Uh, I'm going to say yes. But here's the question. Does the older guy in a relationship have to be the responsible one? Yeah, sure. But should the younger one also be Yes. That's the question, though, that's good. And everybody talking on Reddit right now. I'm curious to know why our producer, Vanessa, thought we should put this one in here since I'm the older guy in my relationship, <laughs> Vanessa. feel a little bit targeted right now. Yeah, um, it only applies to you. I, well, listen, here's, here's the <laughs> truth, though. Guys do want to have fun. I don't care what, what, how you fall in your relationship. If you're a man with a man, a man with a woman, a man with anyone, um, it, whether they're younger or, or older, we still want to have fun. Yeah. And this is the interesting thing because I feel like sometimes, uh, and I'm just sharing my thoughts, right, from my experience. When I've been dating older men, I tend to fall into a different role in the relationship. I tend to defer more often and allow them to make more decisions. Really? Yeah. I was younger when I dated older men. So I'm not, okay. I, I wasn't, I wasn't in my career. Okay. So I mean, this is, this is, you know, 12 years ago. Right. And before, but back then I loved it because just the idea that somebody could, I don't know, put, fill up their gas tank whenever they felt like it without worrying about their bank account was wild to me. Mm-hmm. Like I was dead broke for many, many years. So I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. And I remember dating this one guy for like, I dated this guy Rodney for like three or four months. And it was like the most intense like love affair ever mm-hmm. and then it was like the worst breakup ever and he's the only one of my exes that I do not talk to and can't stand but I remember he would say like he lived uh, he lived over on Sunset Boulevard above Bed Bath & Beyond mm-hmm. he was like I need some new hangers and whatever else you think just drizzle up the apartment just go get it and he'd give me his credit card or like wads of like hundreds and I was like 
what? Mm-hmm. I get to go spend somebody's money? This is a relationship. So I thought, because he had more money, that he was the more responsible one, which isn't always really the case. No, because, I mean, uh, as a woman who dates men exclusively, hello, hi, Channel Q. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, I don't know if it's like trauma from being the oldest, oh, but part. I tend to be a little bit more responsible and also a little bit more tightly wound than mm. men that I typically date. It's You're like, tightly wound? Yeah, I mean listen, no. I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a wildflower, but the the men that I date, I feel like we do like the perfect balance. Cause I date a lot of like impulsive men and, you know, fiery men. Like, yeah. you know, spontaneous and I'm just not that girl. I plan everything. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the times where the responsibility falls on me. Yeah. Um, I've even had to remind grown men like, Okay, you got your keys, you you remembered your ID, right? Mm-hmm. You know, not in like a mommy type way, but well, you, you are also responsible in a though. mommy type way. Yeah, well, because also here's the thing. I like things done a certain way. Right. If I want to be, like, go go do something, I don't want to like show up to a vacation and nothing's planned. Yeah. I don't I don't over plan either. So my husband does defer to me. I'm almost ten years older than him though. So in a, I'm the only person he's ever gone on a single date with. So oh, he really yeah. did learn everything about dating and relationships from me. But I've probably learned more from pressure. him because in a lot of ways he's way way more responsible than I am. Mm-hmm. I'm good with my money now, and I have a good credit score because of him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's he's. But it also goes so much deeper than money when you talk responsibility in relationships. Well, he's a, he's a son of a pastor, mm-hmm. and so he was raised different than I was. And in some ways, that can be damaging. If you've grown up in the church, you understand. As a queer person, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. But um, he's also there's a level of kindness and respect that he brings to every conversation, even arguments that I often don't have mm-hmm. that I've had to really, really, really work on in in order to honor him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So sh- should the older guy be more responsible? Maybe. But I also say he should. Yeah. But yeah, just yeah. because, you know, what, they're not mutually exclusive. No. Just because he is responsible, that doesn't give the, the younger guy the, the freedom to just be haphazard. Yes. And let's just say this. If you're going to step into a relationship, don't before don't do it before you're responsible before you're ready to because it takes two it doesn't matter how responsible one person is if one person is not if you guys aren't on the same page it will not last Mm -hmm. i'll be honest sharjah cell every time i see a friend of mine like their name in the article for what's popping i get a little bit anxious this is your sec your segment you're allowed to say whatever you want and have any opinion you want Mm -hmm. just know that i'm nervous what's popping well, you know, I don't know if you're like me. You watched all three parts of the Beverly Hills. Oh, we haven't watched the last one yet. What? What's I wrong know. with you? I know. I've been busy. We were finishing oh. House of the Dragon oh. and White Lotus this weekend. Oh, my goodness. You have to see part we're going three. To. It's recorded. Nevertheless, uh, Erica Jane and Kathy Hilton, their feud heated up. I don't know if you heard about what, what uh, Erica is alleging that Kathy said on the dance well, a, floor. A few people are alleging this, but yes, Erica also. <laughs> Which, you know, there's also uh, a history. Like, I, I don't know if I fully believe Erica, but I have reason to because Paris has used problematic language Mm -hmm. as has her brother, Baron Hilton. Mm -hmm. He's used problematic language. I'm talking about full-on F words and Mm -hmm. N words. Mm -hmm. Okay. Baron, who shares a name with the the younger Trump. Uh, uh uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. It's like a rich person name. It's like, you're a jerk if your name's Baron. You know that you're like a a Wall Street banker, (laughs) trust fund kid, (laughs) Baron. Nevertheless, um, Kathy Hilton recently has... Has, has had choice words for the cast and for fans stating that she is not going to return. She doesn't think she's going to return next season if Renna and Erica Jane return. More so Renna, though. Mm-hmm. They're not getting rid of Erica Jane. Her storyline is too good. They're not getting rid of Lisa Renna unless she decides to leave. 
I think Rena's on her way out personally. No, I don't believe that at all. They had the, they just had the highest ratings again. They're the highest rated show on all. Well, she knows how to make good TV, but those social media posts and even Andy seems to have an issue with her being so impulsive. Uh, yeah, sure, um, sure he does. But also, nobody. This is a business. It is. It's a business. Ratings matter. Social media engagement matters. That is true. Those things, they're not going to lose that and get rid of Lisa Renna unless she feels like leaving, which she might. I, I know Lisa. She might actually step away. She doesn't need it, right? Erica well, needs it right now. Yes, that is true. But take a listen to this clip. I will admit to what I do, but I will not be painted to be this monster that you've tried to. Those are your words. That's what you said to me. Never even, never, ever. Well, I'm just telling you. I, I didn't just, hear telling you. Nobody else heard that. No, you said it to me directly. Anyone that knows me Kathy, knows I don't talk like that. And anyone that knows me knows I'm not lying. I have nothing to oh, lie really? about. Yeah, really. I have a little more credibility than you. Ugh. Okay, here's the thing. Now, that was a jab. Eric, that, and that's what tells me that Kathy Hilton is completely guilty. She's so arrogant and so, like... Listen. Now, hold on now, because Erica is not the most uh, humble girl. But what is she lying about? We saw the whole storyline unfold with her and those earrings. Well, she's not. I, I'm not saying that she's lying about anything, but, but also, Erica is not the warmest person. No, 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 no. no nobody's calling her warm. I know she's not warm. I yeah, know her. Okay. But I'm talking. I've never. What is she lie? All the seasons she's ever been on. Real Housewives. She ever been caught in a lie ever once? Well, we're still waiting. Isn't isn't litigation still pending? But I'm saying, but, but, <laughs> but, but what we do know is that the Hilton the Hilton family has been problematic before. Yes. And also, Kathy, remind me, like she did miss the first half of the season because she got so They're like both Trumpers. Because she, I know, because she who Erica? Yeah, Erica's isn't Erica not a Trumper? Trumper? Not even close. No, but Maurizio is kind of. No, I, and, and I Kyle know Kathy Richard, is. And Kyle Richards could be, but. Erica's Child. not. Erica, listen. Erica's been. You mean to tell me Erica Jane ain't? But people have nuance. No, not Erica. Mm-mm. She has a police officer son and a that. rich attorney husband. I hear that. I hear that. But she's also like. And been, we know plenty of people that have performed at our prides and I, voted no, against our best interests. I know that Erica's not that person though. Okay. I know. I know that much about her. Okay. Um. But yeah, I think that. I think that. What's more plausible, the fact that Kathy Hilton, this rich old white lady who calls her 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 help the help or him or her mm-hmm. because she doesn't know their name after they've worked for for 20 years used an n-word and the f-word or erica jane is just made it up out of nowhere and is lying why would you know er- yeah erica has no reason yes. to make that up about kathy and also why come after kathy at that point she had no issues with kathy kathy and her, they were fine that is true so she's gonna make that up out of nowhere that is true That's so weird. so we we agree that kathy's the liar in this yes, instance of course she is but damn she makes good tv she got money she makes good TV with her chia seeds in her morning smoothie and her hotel slippers. Weird. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. What is that? I don't know. Is Is that the theme song to Halloween I hear? Okay, because I was waiting to hear strings come in. I thought it was Jaws. I thought I was going to hear... Dun, dun. Come on, Jaws. Yeah, I mean, that's a on horror Halloween. film. That's not a horror film. Are you kidding me? No, it's a, it's a scary film. It's oh, a horror film. That is a horror film. Jaws has traumatized plenty of people from mm. getting in the ocean. Listen, <laughs> Michael Myers just had another another uh, turn at trying to kill Laurie Strode. Trauma. Not going to spoil the final film in the Halloween trilogy that just, just came out a couple weeks ago, but... Michael Myers and Laurie Strode did meet and meet again. In fact, so did you this- happen to see my Instagram story on Saturday night? Mm-mm. Um, I'll oh, show you at a party. I'll show you on break. There was a guy that was walking around Hollywood, no. intimidating people. Nope. As Michael Myers. Not in these times. He was not saying anything. Nope, not in these times. He was hanging out. Like, literally, I was at a drive-thru, which, by the way, was my first time eating fast food since, like, December of last year. Mm-hmm. But I was famished. I had worked the carpet. Then I went to a party. What, I was like, what, I need something What now. drive-thru? I went to Burger King. Oh, that—that's random. There aren't that many out here, but it's slaps. But it was, yeah, it was, and, and it was, it was bussing. The charboiled Whopper. It was bussing. Uh-huh, that's yeah, what yeah. I got. A Whopper of course, meal. Of course, the small, did. the small. Of course, it's the only thing to get there. But you know, I like all the vegetables and accoutrements on accoutrements, my burgers. Accoutrements. You do not just call but accoutrements on, he, on a Burger King burger. <laughs> but I'm telling you, AJ, I'm going to show you. Did you happen to see producer Vanessa? Okay, so producer Vanessa saw. Okay. Saw. This guy is like hovering on the sidewalk, no. staring in my car, uh-uh. and then he like is walking slowly the bus pulls up he's like looking at the driver he's he's walking at a slow pace he's not saying anything and he's full-on tall michael nope. myers want to know why i don't trust this vanessa would this terrify you yeah of course it would you're a little you're a little girl yeah because like you don't know like okay you don't Halloween, know who's playing but, like are they really go- your you vibe? don't know who's playing no. and who's not i'm gonna tell you this here's why <laughs> i don't play with it the opening scene to scream two do you know it jada I... pinkett smith Omar Epps uh-huh. movie theater. They're watching Stab, which is a film within a film made about the original Scream story, right? And everybody's dressed up as Ghostface. You know, the, the black yes, and then yes, the white. The iconic the, the white killer. Face, right. Well, her boyfriend gets stabbed through the wall of a bathroom door through his brain. And then the person puts on his jacket and the mask and comes back in. And she thinks, Jada thinks it's just, you know, her boyfriend being silly in a mask. Turns out it's actually the killer, and he kills her in front of everybody, and nobody helps her because they think it's all being staged. 
And also, she's a black woman. But, yeah, but, the, but, <laughs> but no, that, but that was a big deal to even have like a black person killed in a horror film at the yeah. time. Like they weren't doing it right. Brandy was the first one to really survive one, and that was yeah. I, I still every know black you. person dies first in horror films. Brandy crawled but, out of the bushes, and I still know what you did last summer at the end of the film. But really quickly, now that you mentioned that, that reminds me of the the scary movie. That's where they got the scary movie from yes. when when we saw full frontal male nudity yes. with Sean Wayans. Yes. And the ear and in the, the ear, bathroom. Yes. The glory hole. Yeah. That was all a spoof of, of Scream 2. Wow. That's why I don't mess with people in costume. I don't trust them. Not this day and age. I mean, you you really never know. There were clowns walking around when it came out years ago. It's just too much. I oh, can't. Oh, I forgot about nope, that. Too much. Too much. All right. Let's move on to some news on the beat. Less than two weeks before the midterm elections, the window for transgender voters to verify their identities for voting is closing fast. Roadblocks for trans people to acquire accurate identification abound, while ID requirements to vote are getting stricter in a growing number of states. The predictable result will be fewer trans people voting in 2022. According to the latest research from UCLA's Williams Institute, over 200,000 trans voters could be disenfranchised this November. Mm. Is that a, is that a real f- fear in the community oftentimes here yeah. in California or elsewhere? Yeah, I believe that it's like nationwide. Mm. I'm someone within my own transition personally. I did all of my paper work first and I know that that speaks to a lot of privilege Mm. but that's what I was hell-bent on doing that because I was like nothing else matters until it's legit on paper yeah and so that is I that's what I did wow and there was no turning back because all of that was already solidified well it's documented Mm -hmm. stamp of approval yep there it is um, it's expensive though. I got a I got lawyers to do it for me. I, I went well, through a program where attorneys were doing what is it like pro bono work, mm-hmm. and they they did mine for me. But it's it's expensive to get your your stuff in formation. Well, you deserve it, and you acknowledge your privilege in that moment. So oh yeah, like, yeah. yeah I don't shy away from it. And if you're if you're in Chicago, DM me. I can tell you who did mine. I, I love it. <laughs> Moving on, Vice President Kamala Harris committed to fighting the powerful forces trying to take our country backwards in prepared remarks Saturday during the Human Rights Campaign's national dinner in D.C. The very existence of LGBTQ plus people is under assault, uh, she said, uh, calling this an epidemic of hate that has gripped this country while celebrating the intersectional work that has been undertaken by HRC and the Biden-Harris administration. This next chapter of HRC is going to center liberty and equality for all with no exceptions. And this was from the incoming HRC President Kelly Robinson, who was just on our program a couple of weeks ago, uh, was speaking just before uh, the vice president's address. Pretty incredible stuff. Uh, Cool time to see like a queer woman of color leading HRC finally. After all they've gone through the last couple of years, accusations of racism and all sorts of stuff going on over there. Hopefully they get back on track. Can't wait to see what they come up with. Um, let's do some weather. High of 66 in Boston, uh, 58 in Chicago, Burr, 84 in Miami, 76 in Las Vegas. Today in Los Angeles will be a high of 80. And Cathedral City, a high of 88. Now give us a vibe of the day. Vibe of the day comes from Maya Angelou. When someone shows you who they are, mm. believe them the first time. That's in the name a, of Michael Myers, hanging out at La Brea that, by Burger that King. That right. Go the <laughs> other direction. Uh, that's iconic, iconic advice. Holiday travel prices are climbing. Unfortunately, money does make the world go round, and it feels like our money doesn't go quite as far as it used to. Uh, which could be a big problem for anyone planning to see their family, their loved ones this holiday season. So for Money Mondays, we thought we'd bring in an expert uh, on holiday travel. Uh, His name is James Baikalis. He writes for the General Assignment Desk. And by the way, the Washington Post travel destination. James, thank you so much for being here. How are you today? Good morning. 
So this is interesting. So we're now it's Halloween today, which to me is 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 Thanksgiving Eve. Like Thanksgiving's almost here, then Christmas, then New Year's, and this time of year more than any other, maybe besides the summertime, is when people travel, right? But prices are expensive right now. We were looking to go see my husband's family in Baton Rouge, and at one point flights were over three thousand dollars a piece for economy, which is just right. insane. One, how is that even possible? Uh, and two, uh, what are some tips you might give for people trying to save this holiday season? Absolutely. Well, prices are really up across the board this year. You know, whether you want to take a flight or book a hotel, you know, even some of the traditional ways that people look to save, you know, with vacation rentals and cruises, those are also um, up this year with people just trying to get back to travel. Um So I'd recommend uh, if you're looking to save on flights, um, it's important to look for the right days to travel. Mm. Um, For Thanksgiving week, uh, that would be, you know, leaving for your trip on Monday before Thanksgiving um, when prices can be, you know, up to 30% lower than, say, Saturday before or the Wednesday right before Thanksgiving. And then um, for Christmas, also leaving, you know, the Monday or Tuesday before the holiday or traveling on the holiday itself can save you quite a bit of money. Oh, my goodness. On the holiday itself. I know. People do it. My mom's doing it this year. Yeah. No. I I was just about to say, you know, AJ did just mention, you know, we are in that season where Mariah Carey is beginning to thaw. Right. And I bought my ticket. I'll be in New York for Thanksgiving, and I'll be there Sunday through Saturday, and my ticket was almost $1,000. I have not bought my ticket for Christmas, and I'm supposed to be in Chicago. (laughs) Is there a specific day? And I'm only asking you this because I'm reading your piece, and, you know, it's been reported in the past. I remember seeing, like, certain news specials where they'd be like, Tuesday afternoon is when you get the cheapest tickets. (laughs) Tuesday, Wednesday. So is there some sort of, like, I guess, lottery as to when I should look for my Christmas ticket to Chicago? That's a good question. So we definitely hear that quite a bit on um, things like booking on Tuesdays. And, you know, I haven't heard from travel experts that that really does pan out into cheaper prices. Um, But uh, basically the biggest thing I'd recommend to do is book as soon as you can um, because um, from what I'm hearing from the experts this year in particular, the demand is just so high that, you know, every, every day you wait could mean paying a little bit more. Um, And then even close to the holiday, for example, if you book the week of Thanksgiving, each day is going to cost, you know, an average of maybe $50 a day more. Um, for your ticket. It's so true. And according to your piece as well, uh, the the CEO of Priceline said domestic round trip airfare was up 35% from last year. That feels like it's actually low because I'm going to tell you what I saw. I saw it was no joke, $3,200 round trip to Baton Rouge. And that, and of course, Baton Rouge isn't like what a airline, a, a, every airline, the cheapest airline you could find outside of like maybe a spirit, which you couldn't pay me to fly. I'm talking oh. like United, Delta, America. And You'd like be the, probably better off flying into New Orleans and driving well, to Baton Rouge. And then renting a car, and then renting a car is expensive. True. So we looked into that True. as well, and it actually is cheaper. <laughs> we ended up getting good flights, but like you said, we're flying on Tuesday, uh, and I'm flying back Friday, which is kind of, kind of, you know, not the best day to fly. But also when it comes to airlines, I think maybe you could speak on this a little bit. A lot of airlines have a lot more flexibility than, than they did pre-pandemic. 
Um, so is it smart to maybe even buy a flight? And if you see a different flight later, cancel your original flight, take the flight credit, and then get the, the discounted new flight? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I definitely recommend travelers look to do that. Um, you know, lock in a fare and then um, airlines uh, will some have options. Also, some travel booking websites have options to um, either hold a fare or book your fare and uh, you can cancel for free later on. Yeah. Um, just be careful to avoid um, if you are looking to potentially cancel and rebook, um, avoid any basic economy fares, mm -hmm. um, which yep. a lot of airlines have instituted now and are uh, generally not refundable. Yeah, you, you get you get no no perks either. I have to ask, though, we just saw the, the Biden administration acknowledge that I saw a tweet this weekend saying, listen, gas prices are through the roof. They have been for so long. And the quarterly reports came in for like Shell and they made $9 billion last quarter, which is like double what they made a year ago. And the argument was, it's not actually that the, the, the cost of oil is expensive. It's that corporations are getting more greedy. Uh, are we seeing mm -hmm. that with airlines too and, 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 and travel across the board? Is it actually because things cost so much more or are they trying to recoup, recoup losses from the pandemic? So it's hard to say. I mean, jet fuel is still extremely expensive and there's a lot of um, continued disruption in the airline industry with labor shortages and, um, you know, issues with that. Um, but uh, we did see Biden, um, the Biden administration uh, come out last week and say, you know, they're going to target uh, these quote unquote junk fees, um, including um airline fees like fees to rebook and um you know fees to uh you know even sit next to your kid on on a flight mm. um so they uh the federal government is sort of looking to crack down on a lot of these um extra fees that, that travelers have been seeing yeah there, there it seems to be the wild wild west with no regulation and they just keep piling on to us but before we get out of here do you have any additional tips that you want to share with our listeners about traveling and finding, you know, cheap rentals and, you know, what have you? The floor is yours. <laughs> sure. Um, so hotels, um, hotels can be, you know, one of the biggest expenses for a trip um, if you're not going to see family. And um, they're up, you know, up close to 15 percent from last year. And, you know, I recommend... Um, Trying to book your hotel, um, lock in a, a rate um, as soon as you can. And, you know, for Thanksgiving, that can be uh, most likely if you check in by Tuesday of Thanksgiving week and then um, stay through uh, potentially the next week. Um, well, one tip uh, that I learned about while reporting um, out the story um, this year is that in some major cities where you have a lot of hotels, you can actually save quite a bit by being flexible and waiting to book your hotel until even mm -hmm. the day that you get there. That's me. Which, Ho um, <laughs> hotel tonight. Get the app. I use it all the time. It's wait, so good. Wait, really quickly. Hotel or Airbnb? That would be for hotels where there's a big inventory in a city and, you know, the hotels want to make sure all their rooms are filled that evening. Okay. 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 Well, thank you so much for stopping by and, yes. and talking us through this this Money Mondays. We appreciate you, James uh, Bicalis from the Washington Post. So helpful. Take care. Happy holidays. You too. Have a good. Have a good day. Do you have unread emails in your phone? 
I do. Okay. But they're at a very, 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 very low number. Let me tell you something about myself, okay? I just got the new iPhone 14 Pro Max, by the way, over the weekend. Super All excited right. about it. I was like, I'm going to get fancy and get the new one. I never get the new one. I always usually wait like for two or three years and I get like an older one. Mm-hmm. I just went all in this time because mm-hmm. the camera's incredible. I currently have 4,333 wow. unread emails in my Gmail. And, and and if you notice, I don't have red dots anywhere else on my screen. That one, I don't know how to get rid of it. I don't know how to mark them as all red. Drives me insane. You don't have to Google that. I tried to. Well, it, I actually did Google it over the weekend, and it said I have to do it for my laptop. So maybe I'll try to do that while I'm here at work today, because I'm usually just on my phone. But it turns out that why some people get irked by unread email notifications and others don't um, has to do with anxiety levels in in life, basically. So uh, I'm one of those people that when I see those red circles on my, the front of my iPhone. I feel like a complete failure. Like I feel in my brain that I'm losing at life and I have like a no business being a part of anything. I feel just like a complete hack. Mm-hmm. So I try to get rid of them, which is why those bother me so much. I try to get rid of them because I know what it's like to email someone and not get a response. Mm-hmm. And I do believe in a business decorum as far as like, you know, a timely fashion. Okay, I might, decorum. I might not get back to you within two hours. I might, it might be within a day. Yeah. But I do think that there's a certain window of time. And then I also, <laughs> I sometimes get scared. There's nothing worse that for me than checking my email and seeing that like, oh, this was a last minute invitation to Oprah's and you birthday missed an party. And I <laughs> yeah. missed it. So it's like being in LA has all also like put it like, you know, on pins and needles for me, but I'm also a very anxious person. Yeah, okay, I'm glad you say that because apparently if you have social anxiety or you're a little bit introverted, um, it might bother you, mm-hmm. right? I, I'm not introverted. I am, I am an <laughs> introverted extrovert, meaning like I can turn it on, mm-hmm. but when I'm not in front of a camera or on a mic, uh-uh, honey, I don't need to be seen. I'm very like low-key. My husband forces me to post like TikToks and reels and things like that, and that's fun. No, but that's I, work. I, I, it is work, <laughs> and and it's challenging to our relationship sometimes. But I've never once been like, "Hey, go, let's go shoot a TikTok." Yeah, right. It's all it's 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 a business for us, right? Um, but this one, and this is another indicator that uh, you might be the type of person that gets irked by unread emails in your message box. You're a perfectionist. Now that one I can relate to. Mm-hmm. That's something I've struggled with my entire life, and I kind of feel like. If you're in our industry, you do what we do. To some degree, we're all perfect perfectionists. Like we at varying levels, you might get better at being less of a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. But like we hold ourselves like to a, to a certain standard because we we've worked really hard to get to where we are. It's not easy to be hosting a national radio show. No, it's not. And we're not. both doing it right now. And most people would, could never dream of that in their lives. Uh, but. To get here, there was a level of perfectionism, I think, that had to be at play for a while. Yeah. And then you have to kind of let it go. Well, I'm still kind of there. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Uh, we're not, playing two different games, AJ. You don't let it go? No, we're playing two different games. Yeah. I, I, I can't really afford to right nope. now. You can't afford not to. And that's the interesting thing about perfectionism because you think you have to be in control of everything until you realize you don't. So maybe my lesson is... I can just leave that red little circle on the front of my phone. I will say really quickly, I wonder how this plays into the ego because a, a former colleague of mine has a, a billion unread texts mm. and a billion unread emails. And I wonder if that's like their desire 
or maybe maybe that speaks to they like feel an energy. Needed. Yes, yeah. that's that's what I think. I have that's zero. Because they have tons of unread texts. Zero unread. Tons texts. of unread emails, and I'm like, is this some somehow feeding their ego to maybe make them like affirm them like, People oh, are I'm in demand. To get a hold of me. Yes, yes, yes. I said it once, and I'll say it before. Every time we get to a what's popping, and it's a friend of mine in the headline, it makes me nervous. First, yeah, because I'm gonna say what I need to say. First, it was Erica Jane. Uh, and now it's uh, one of the guys from Queer Eye. And, and former real worlder, Karamo Brown. Sure. And now talk show host. You know, can I tell you an interesting little story? Sure. So he and I go way, way back. We have a lot of history. And I got him his first audition as a host. Really? For Oprah Winfrey for OWN. Yeah. Years and years and years ago. And wow. he did a little a web series for a while. Well, OWN launched in 2011, so that was at least a decade ago. It was probably about right when it was launching. Yeah. Yeah. When the Rosie O'Donnell had a show. The Rosie O'Donnell. Remember, Rosie was in Where Harper. Where is she? Uh, on TikTok ranting. I'm not trying to. Asking Priyanka Chopra if her father's Deepak Chopra. Oh, my God. I'm not. There's only two <laughs> Chopras in the world. I'm not trying to deflect uh, what's popping. So, uh, Karamo just recently opened up. Like I said, you know he has a talk show. He replaced Mari, actually. The Mari Povich show. Oh, does and, he? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he replaced Mari. Okay. And, uh... In, in this emotional clip that we're about to play, he basically talks about, I had no idea that he his, his son had an overdose. You know, he has two sons, I believe. One of them is biological and the other was his half-brother who he adopted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I know his, them both, yeah. His son um, overdosed. Take a listen to what Karamo had to say. Um, this is, I don't know if you've ever experienced addiction in your own lives or with family members, but when you find out what's going on, when you realize it's been happening and you didn't realize it, when you realize that you might lose someone, it just kills you inside. And I was terrified that I was about to lose my son. And I, um, I sprang into dad mode and tried to figure out how to get him help, try to figure out what to do. And the, the crazy part is I didn't take him to the hospital immediately because I didn't know what to do. I was in shock. And I say this and I'm vulnerable with you all in this way because I'm trained in this. I, I give this advice all day, and when it came to my own life, my own moment, I, could, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. And, um, and I say that for anybody else who's out there going through this stuff, don't, don't, get, don't beat yourself up, because none of us know how to handle this type of stuff. But I got him to a doctor, I got a doctor immediately to the house, and basically he woke up two days later unaware of what was going on, and I told him he had to go to rehab. And he, you know, Karamo painted the perfect picture. He said that he noticed his son Jason was slipping after he stopped answering his calls and paying his bills. And then things came to a head when the 23-year-old missed his flight to go see his mother in Texas. Mm -hmm. Then Karamo went over to his apartment, to Jason's apartment, to confront him about his behavior. And when he got to the apartment door, the, the, the door was ajar. That's and that's scary. when he opened it. The, the apartment was a terrifying. complete mess. It was dirty. And his son was laying on the floor in cat litter. Uh-uh. Foaming from the mouth. Wow. So, I mean, you know, addiction plagues us all in different ways, whether that's substance abuse, gambling. Like, there are things that people have to go to rehab for. And, it, you know, a lot of us do have addiction or people who have battled addiction in our families. And so kudos to Karamo for, you know, his transparency. And his son appeared on the same episode. So yeah. he's digging deep. And, you know, November is sweeps month. Yeah. So we're, we're about to come take on, it there. Come on. I'm just saying, no, we're I about to you. ramp no, it up, no, you know? Absolutely. And, and of <laughs> course, uh, so glad that Jason got the help he needs um, and that Karamo is there for him. It is hard because I, I, I was, Karamo and I were really close back in the day when he was working at... Uh, 
like the LGBTQ center down in, in uh, on McCormick here. Oh, in, in I didn't know that. Youth, so yeah, so I used to go there and help him work with youth all the time, and he was just uh, a, a source of just strength for so many young queer and trans people who just had nowhere to go, right? And and he was always that person for everyone, and did it for many many years, worked yeah. tirelessly. So I had a I, crush on him in high school. That's when he was on the real world. Like everybody, and I said, everybody's had a crush is, on him at some point. Who is that? He's a good looking guy. But uh, Chris didn't even know that was his dad until he was 10. Yeah. So, like, their, their relationship oh, has I, been a, a, a work in progress, you know? So, sending so much love to the entire family, obviously. Yes, really, really. And I didn't mean to make light of that, but I mean, November is Sweeps Month. Listen. Stick around. We got more great show for you. <laughs> good morning, Beat. Channel Q. I could do. Vanessa, you're loving it. Our producer, Vanessa, is watching me talk like a maniac right now and smiling ear to ear. <laughs> this is good stuff. Shar, you're just laughing at me, not with me. I'm, that is true. I'm okay with it. As long as you know. Happy Halloween, everyone. All Hallows Eve. Wait, Tomorrow- is Halloween the same as El Dio de los Muertos, or was that the day before? Del Diablo de los Muertos. No, or El Dio. Oh, the Day of the Devil, or the Day of the Dead. Yeah, the Day of the Dead, oh, not yeah. of the Devil. Where, oh, yeah. where you make the sugar skulls. Oh, yeah. It's like Mexican culture. And everybody does like the white paint with the... Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was that same. movie? Uh, Coco. Coco. They talk about you know you build you the altar. The, yeah, you for go abuela. over the bridge so your family can cross uh-huh, the bridge uh-huh, to visit uh-huh, you. Uh huh. I think it's different, but I think it's, I, a, it's the day before. I, th- I think it's October thirtieth. So Halloween. I went to Catholic school, and Halloween uh, is a sort of a pagan religious sort of holiday in a weird way that is supposed to scare away uh, the evil spirits uh, the day before tomorrow, which is All Saints Day. So we can celebrate the saints. Which is crazy how it's been all the good spirits co-opted and uh-huh. turned into. That's why now, they got Hallelujah Night at church. I know because spirit <laughs> spirit of Halloween has taken over. Have you gone to a spirit recently? Have you been to one? Oh like my. oh, you talking about the store? Those stores that pop up, uh, pop up. No, off, I have like, not been to a spirit well, they, store since like 2015. They pop up and pop off in old like Macy's buildings. I was in one uh-huh. in Columbus, Ohio the other day. It was huge. Then I went to one in L.A. and it was like decimated the worst idea my husband and i got into it the other night let me tell you so we had we went to frankie grande and his mom jones halloween uh uh they do a show like a whole like broadway musical at the bourbon room every year and so we got invited back this year and it was a blast and we wanted to look good we wanted to be in costume and so for weeks we like stressed about what we were going to wear and then we didn't decide so then literally day of i'm getting up in the morning to go buy shoulder pads for my husband uh, youth extra large shoulder pads were the largest I could find because he was going as a football player and I was going as a referee. Mm-hmm. Really cute. You can check out our TikTok and Instagram. It's all on there. But we show up to this Halloween party. You know who was in costume? Who? The cast, Mama G, Mama Grande, uh-huh. the servers, and Emil and I. We were the only people in the entire theater who wore costumes this year. Last year was a costume party. Oh, that's, we were so, that's no fun. We were so confused. We got for so, them. It's fun for you. Yeah, it was, we look great. Although that's my no thighs f- were thighing. Those shorts got shorter on me than the last time I dressed up like this four years ago. Well, pandemic has made me thick, and there's nothing I can do about it. And I was front row, and I'm like, I'm sorry, it's all just right there, right now, right for you guys to see. So, or you're welcome. I don't know. <laughs> it could go either way. But we were like, okay, we are so silly. And how funny? How funny is that? Like, like. How often in your life have you gotten really stressed out about something and you realize it was for no reason? 
Well, I find that in LA, you know, my rule is it's better to be overdressed than underdressed. Always. That because was, I'll I be like, am I doing too much? Like, I'm going to the opera for the first time ever. Wait, what show, what show are you seeing? I can't tell you. You're I'm not, going this week, though. You're not allowed to tell me. No. Why I'm not going to say on air. Okay. I'm not, I'm, I'll tell you off air. Okay, cool. But I'm going to the opera for the first time, and Got I'm it. like, what do I wear? So I'm, I'm combing through some things now, but I will be, over, well, I guess, I don't know if I'll be over the overdressed or looking the part. Is it Madame Butterfly? No. It's one of my favorites. It's so good. Is that with Lady Blacksmith Mombozuo or whatever? Was it? I don't know. That's I'm not who I saw. You. I don't know. I watched me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, that's the only reason I knew the reference. <laughs> they were going to go see I him in concert, and Katie Heron didn't want to go. Yeah. She, a Halloween costume or something. <laughs> the mozo. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, that makes me happy. All right. This hour makes me happy as well. We've got What the Health coming up in just a little bit. Uh, there's a morning after pill to prevent sexually transmitted infections. Oh. And a doctor from Brown University is here to tell us all about that. Also, is it time to delete Twitter? Elon Musk is the new boss, and he's insane. So is it actually time to step away? And if so, are there alternatives? Who knows? Mm. We're going to share that with you in more. And uh, we already had one story from Queer Eye. We've got another one coming up on what's popping at the end of this hour. Um, and Shar has that for you right now, though. It's time for some news on the beat. And since Michaela is not here, that is my job. So let's get to it. Uh, Anti-LGBTQ organization One Million Moms, which is actually about 30,000 moms, by the way, is once again threatening to boycott Disney, this time over its RuPaul's Drag Race alum, Chalet Coulee's, uh, Shea, I call her Chalet, Shea Coulee, how can I, she's one of my favorite queens, Shea Coulee's role in Marvel's upcoming series, Ironheart. The show, which will stream on Disney+, Plus, centers around a young black woman who designs an Iron Man-esque suit of armor, becoming a superhero in her own right. In August, Disney announced that, um, Another one, oh, Shea Coulee, had been cast in this unspecified role in the series opposite star Dominique Thorne, who plays the title role of Riri Williams, or Ironheart. Um, one Million Moms launched an effort to encourage supporters to boycott the show, which also features non-binary actor uh, Zo- Zoe Tarakis. Do we know who that is? I need to look that person up and find out who they are. That's fascinating. The yeah, um, only Zoe I know is Zoe Luna, I think. Who, she was in the reboot of The Craft. Or Zoe Deschanel. I'm saying as far as trans. Oh, okay. Non-bi- okay. Well, she's not non-binary. She's a trans actress. You know, the The, the Craft was rebooted. I never saw it. I, I'm so obsessed with the original, I can never watch the reboot. Oh, okay. The original was everything. Nev yes, Campbell is my life. Shout out to Rachel True. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Remember the scene in the pool when her hair's falling out? Mm-hmm. And the, oh, God. She deserved it. That was. T- did she? She kind of did. She was kind <laughs> of a bad girl. Um, also, a mom came to a board of trustees meeting and trounced conservative Christians after a county's library director was driven from his job for refusing to take down a pride display. This took place in Tennessee. Uh, and the the director's name was Zachary Fox, who did resign. Um, but let's let's listen to Jesse Graham go off. I've never been sexually assaulted at a drag show, but I have been in church twice. The men in that church told me it was my fault. This whole scenario should have stopped at the United States of America, where we have free speech, but it didn't. We're here, and it's so ironic that he also served in the military. The video, I urge you to go watch the entire video, share it on social media. You know, midterm elections are a week from tomorrow. And this woman and the way that she is expressing in Tennessee, of all places, shows that 
when when average everyday people uh, have these conversations, things can change. Things actually can change. I think sometimes it's difficult to like if you're like in the middle of the country and you're listening to like a politician or a celebrity try to tell you how to vote or how to feel. That's very different from somebody who might be your neighbor or coworker. Yeah, and it, and it also highlights that they're not monolithic, and I think that's also important to point out. Just because you're in Tennessee doesn't automatically make you some type of like transphobe, homophobe, nope. Nope. ignorant person. They're they're different. There's tons of people who are ignorant here in California well, in yeah. blue states. And listen, it, so it, I I love that it highlights yeah. that you know it's it's not a monolithic culture, despite it being a red state. Because Tennessee is very red. They got very Trump red. billboards, but also, in Nashville. but also, you know what it. Re- What's required for a state to be considered red? 50.1% of the vote. Like, so real talk, there are a lot of liberal progressive people in every single state, to your point. Yeah. And, and you just got to find your people and don't be afraid to speak up. Because I think sometimes we think, oh, my state's this color, so I can't speak up if I believe mm-hmm. something different. Of course you should. You well, always it, it should. It also depends on your county. I'm from Illinois. Mm-hmm. Chicago's like a blue dot in a corner and everybody else is pretty much red. But yeah. Even with California. That's almost every single we state. We are blue. Yep. But then, the like, are California always, yep. is like Red. Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the cities. The population centers yeah. always tend to be Democrat. Because those typically are the most diverse, if we're yes. being honest. Because you, you actually live around people that are different from you, and you're like, oh, wow, this is actually kind of cool. Different it's kind of beautiful. ethnicities and cultures and You hear different languages. And race. Yeah, Imagine you, that. You don't typically hear that in, in other places. Sure don't. We're way over time right now. Um, I'm going to skip the weather because guess what? Everybody has a weather app. Yeah, check <laughs> what, it out. What's your vibe? In honor of Halloween and Winifred Sanderson and Nina Simone, I put a spell on you and now you're mine. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. It's time for another round of What the Health. What would you do if I told you there's a morning after pill to prevent sexually transmitted infections, but that your doctor just probably isn't prescribing it to you? How would you take that? You know, I'd be upset, but I'd also believe it because I have working conspiracy theories about <laughs> the pharmaceutical <laughs> industry and, and big how the, pharma. Yes, and how they're preventing cures and things well, allegedly. Listen, conspiracy theories aside, allegedly. It, it could be true, but to help us get to the bottom of this and what the hell today is Dr. Phil Chan from Brown University. He's an infectious disease doctor who directs the largest sexual health clinic in Rhode Island. Dr. Chan, thank you so much for being here. Um What's up with this? Is there actually a pill to prevent sexually transmitted infections? And if so, why don't more people know about it? Yeah, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So great question. I think the first thing for people to realize is that this is new and emerging. And in fact, uh, one of the landmark studies was just uh, was just done over the summer. And so we're still learning about this new tool to prevent STIs. Okay, so yeah, it's in the early stages then, I guess. The early, right. So I'm interested in knowing because typically, of course, when new uh, medicine remedy is introduced to the market, you know, we get a list of potential side effects. Do we know what could possibly come from this? Because it sounds like it's great news, but what are some of the side effects maybe? Yeah, so great question. So let's back up even for a a, a quick moment here. So when we're talking about uh, post-exposure prophylaxis, a morning-after pill, if people, uh, you know, have sex, if they have sex without a condom with someone they may not uh, be as familiar with, the medication that we're talking about here is called doxycycline. So doxycycline is a very common antibiotic. It's been around for decades. We know a lot about it. One of the great things is that it's dirt cheap. 
So really cheap, uh, which is good news. It's not one of these more expensive medications, uh, which is good. And so we're also talking about it preventing gonorrhea, chlamydia, and syphilis. So these okay. are other STIs, not HIV, that sometimes don't give it, get as much attention. Well, listen, chlamydia is not fun, I've heard. That's all yeah. I want to say. Um, this is really interesting stuff. I, I think there's oftentimes there's sort of like this political, religious sort of warfare that happens whenever we have a new a new remedy that helps with STIs or HIV or, or you know PrEP. Obviously, a lot of people who don't understand PrEP or the need for PrEP uh, think that it's bad. Like it's just allowing us to all go have like unprotected sex and, and not think about the consequences. Um, but what would you actually what would you actually say? It, it, do you think that's true, or do you think that this is just another another option for people uh, to to try to maintain their health? I always try to be very sex positive. You know, sex is a is a, a healthy, you know, fun, normal activity, uh, and I, I think that people are having sex and sex without condoms, regardless of what we do. And I think that as we talk about uh, doxycycline as you know, the post exposure prophylaxis, this is another tool in the toolkit. It's another thing for folks to, to consider to protect themselves. And I think, as you mentioned. Some of these other STIs, other than HIV, some of these other STIs are, you know, can be pretty serious. And so people yeah. uh, need to be aware of that. Well, yeah, this came out of uh, San Francisco. Is that correct? The first the first city to sort of like, uh, I, according to this article, is that correct? It just happened like a couple weeks ago? So San, the study itself was done in San Francisco and Seattle, a study called DoxyPep. Got it. Uh, and San Francisco is one of the first uh, uh, cities, towns to actually adopt this and make recommendations that it, it should be being used. It's being used in Europe and Australia, other parts of the world. Uh, are we seeing good results? So I think, again, very early data. Uh, there's another French study that was done uh, a couple of years ago that also showed it was effective. So we're still learning uh, uh, about it. And I, I guess I'll say that just because it works, right, one of the things that we've seen with HIV prep which we known, you know, to work for over a decade is just because it works doesn't mean that people are going to use it. Mm -hmm. And so I think the next step, once we know that this works, which it does, it's been shown now, is how to get people to actually use it. And even from the public health and the doctor side, how, you know, what can we do to really make people aware about it and make people uh, use it? Yeah, and given that you're, you know, you're sex positive, I'm interested in knowing in your view, how will this then, you know, shift the conversation around sexual health and responsibility and what that looks like moving forward once this is available to everyone? Yeah, what a great question. I mean, one thing that I do when I'm sitting down with my patients is I just want people to be informed and aware. And the decisions that people make about their sexual health uh, is is really up to them. But you know, people really have to know about this uh, at the very least and then decide if they want to do it. And, you know, I'd speak for myself to say that if I were, you know, in a position where I was having multiple partners and, you know, potentially didn't want to use condoms all the time, that this is definitely something that I would strongly consider. Uh, and I think that, you know, people should. Well, as we've seen, though, I think one of the, I don't know if I want to say it's a downside, but one of the maybe unintended side effects of people using, you know, especially gay men using PrEP is that there is a lot less use of, of condoms and then an increase in some STDs or STIs, right? Because we get this false sense of like safety, I think, by using PrEP thinking, well, I'm not going to get HIV. That's the big one, right? Historically. And so... Uh, we're more prone to other things. Is this a situation where if you're on this doxy, doxy pep, uh, if you're taking this, are you taking it in addition to prep? 
does this have any protection against HIV or is it just other STIs? So the answer is it's a little bit nuanced. But I think one thing, you know, I've heard that a lot about HIV prep. And I guess one thing I reminded those that we are seeing a lot of great trends in terms of HIV reductions, especially in gay and bisexual men in general and, you know, in general across the U.S. So HIV prep, of course, is, is, a, is a great thing uh, in preventing against HIV. You know, in terms of this doxy uh, pep, you know, it's something that can be taken with HIV prep. Uh, and I guess the, the STI that I'm most concerned about actually is syphilis. Uh, and doxy as PEP does uh, appear to be pretty uh, protective against syphilis. And I've treated a lot of patients with pretty severe syphilis. So, you know, I think I'm not expecting that, uh, you, know, you know, STI PEP will change a lot of behaviors. But what I am thinking is that it will protect people more against some of these other serious STIs like syphilis. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Yes. Great, great, great. Thanks for stopping by, uh, Dr. Chan. We know you're very, very busy calling in from Brown University uh, in Rhode Island. We appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Listen, we can't have anything nice anymore. Nope. Remember when Twitter used to just be like a fun place to go, you know, post fun, inspiring quotes or... Be messy. Yeah, if you live in Los Angeles, Twitter's the place you go to the moment you feel like there might have been an earthquake. Yeah. Like, it's the first, you know what I mean? It's the first place you look. I'd venture to say it is the millennial newspaper. Sure. It's where you get all of your news. Until this weekend. Elon Musk officially bought Twitter, and celebrities are boycotting left and right, and I don't blame a single one of them. He's problematic. He's got, there's just, the list of just anti-Semitic and anti-everything. He also let Donald J. Trump back onto Twitter. Mm -mm. Is he back on now? Yes, Donald Trump Uh -uh. was on. Unless I'm mistaken, he definitely tweeted and was like, I'm back. uh, Is it actually real? Because Elon Musk has has talked about allowing Donald Trump back on Twitter. I didn't know if it actually happened just yet. Well, let me say allegedly, because I definitely got a news alert saying that Trump... Oh, no. Oh, no. It was on my... Here's the thing. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, A. Shonda Rhimes... She's left. My Josh Gad, Rob Reiner, gone. Celebrities are leaving, and I, 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 I think this is actually an opportunity for me to leave Twitter because I thought about it for a while because it's not a very positive space anymore. I was don't, it ever a positive space? Well, I don't know. Maybe I was less positive back in the day because, like, I, you know, what I mean, I would start little like Twitter feuds and just for fun. But now it's such a vile, vile place. I don't think I can stay there anymore. Are we okay without Twitter? Like, we okay walking away from Twitter? So, so here's here's my thing. Um, I know that my days are probably numbered on Twitter, especially because uh, the Verge released a report. <laughs> the Verge released a report yesterday uh, saying that Twitter is now about to start charging up to twenty dollars a month for verif- to maintain your verification badge, and the people that are working on this have until November seventh. That's their deadline. If they do not. I guess, map this out for Elon Musk. They will be terminated from their positions, well, he, Twitter employees. He terminated four top executives this weekend with cause so that he wouldn't have to pay them out for anything. Yeah. He literally said he found reason to fire all of them where they broke a clause on their contract no. or whatever so they wouldn't have to pay out millions. So the way I see this is, let's say you and I, for example, I'm verified on Twitter. If I lose my verification, that means... Other reputable people will probably lose their verification. Mm -hmm. And then what happens then? Now we're living in a world with deep fakes and disinformation, and now no one can confirm anything, and people will get further radicalized, and I think violence will ensue even more, especially
especially as we are encroaching on a deeper, a heavier election cycle. Well, listen, these are some sometimes problematic names, but they get conversation started. Sean King, Jamila Jamil, not always, not always uh, right on the mark, either of them, but they both start really important conversations uh, and they both left, both left Twitter in April. As soon as oh, it, wow, it, I didn't know that. It was even announced that Elon Musk was going to be taking over. So I think this trend is going to continue. I remember, gosh, remember when Twitter first came out and Ashton Kutcher was yes, the first was celebrity first celebrity to hit a million followers? I No, I, I don't remember it that. It was a big, big deal. And I remember in the early days of Twitter, it was like the Ashton – am I wrong about this one? Oh, no, I oh, was just, just confirming at, that Trump is not back on He's not on back Twitter. on yet. Okay. okay. So that was a fake. But but Elon Musk has said that he, he might bring him back to Twitter, though. So it could happen any day he's now. He's coming back. That makes and, and Elon Musk is pro-Trump. <clears throat> a week before the midterms, and as he's about to announce if he's going to run for president. Did it, you see that Elon Musk tweeted Hillary Clinton a, oh, yeah. a bogus website? Yeah. It's like, you don't even know what you're doing. You don't even know how to f- search and find a reputable news source yeah. because you're so bloodthirsty well, it was, it to was, be <clears throat> anti-Pelosi. And yeah. it's like, you, this is disinformation right here. Hillary Clinton was basically just saying how, how bad it's gotten <sighs> that our politicians have to fear for their lives and, and sending love and prayers to Nancy Pelosi's family because her husband was literally attacked with a hammer in his home by someone who broke into their house looking for Nancy Pelosi. Like and they're this, combing through that guy's social media right now. He's a 42-year-old man, yeah, 40, radicalized and deranged. Moved down here 20 years ago from Canada and v- very much in line with all the beliefs of like the insurrectionists from January 6th, right? They were also looking for Nancy Pelosi. They wanted to hang her. This is where we are. So, like, you could say what you want about politicians, but, like, she could have stepped away, taken her money, and hit the hills. Like, she had, like she could have moved to another country and said, I'm done with this. Like, I don't need this in my life. And she doesn't at this point. But Hillary Clinton was making that the point that, like, politicians shouldn't have to worry about their lives because of this misinformation. And then Elon Musk said, well, there could be more to the story. And he he, he linked an, the article you referenced. A and, bogus article. Like, what? Like, what? Do, do facts matter anymore? And this site also claimed, like, this site is so erroneous with their news. They claimed that Hillary was a clone in 2016. There was, there was a clone campaigning for her on the campaign trail. She was so and, sick and not able to. And they also were one of the lead uh, spreaders of wrong information during the height of COVID. So listen. And so it's like, Elon, where are you getting your news? But you know what? People are so thirsty to not... They think that they're being objective, but they're not. And I think that Elon is so anti-establishment that he's not going to go to a reputable. He was a Democrat a couple years ago, just like Kanye West was. They're all crazy. These billionaires get to a certain level and they're just nuts. They're greedy. Jeff Bezos is greedy. Elon Musk is greedy. They're all greedy. And and I'm okay leaving Twitter. I haven't done it I just should, yet, though. I should mention before we go to break, Yashar Ali, who's on Twitter, did the math. And he said there are currently 423,000 verified users. Let's say a bunch of people refuse to pay the $20 a month to remain verified, but a bunch want the, the feature and end up joining and it evens out. 423,000 times 240 a year is $1,001,520,000. About 10% of Elon Musk's annual $1 billion debt payment. Wow. I guess for taxes. 100 million. That's wild. So it's like he's, it's just, it's scary times, like I said, and I'm so sick of him. And this seems like the quickest way to kill Twitter. It's time for our final round of What's Poppin' with Char Jossel today, filling in for Michaela Gordon, our entertainment expert. Um, 
I know this is going to be a good one. What do you have for us? This is the second Queer Eye Related story uh, today. And this one is brought to you by JVN. Okay. Which one could argue his, well, excuse me, their star shines the brightest on the show. I, I would say that's real. Out of yeah, everybody. They pop more than anyone. Yeah, everybody loves JVN. Nevertheless, the Netflix reality series grooming expert recently posted on Instagram about their journey towards a healthier relationship with food. And in this post, it's side-by-side videos of Van Ness doing a backflip with the caption explaining how gymnastics had been an integral part to their journey. So in this post, AJ, and I don't know if, if you want to have the real talk on the airwaves right now, but JVN is basically being transparent about their struggles with eating disorders. Yeah. Um, and, and just and just so you don't, we're not hard on yourself, their pronouns actually are, are, are they, he, she. So all of them. Okay. So all of them, which is a different <laughs> conversation, not to okay. make light, but yeah, it's, all the pronouns are okay. Um, yeah, this is interesting because, listen, JVN put on a lot of weight, like a lot of when? weight. This last year, did you see photos? Oh, no, I did not. Oh, I, no. I have not. A lot, like 50, 60, 70 pounds probably, at least. Okay. And and they used we to always- love it. Yeah, but they used to always post a lot of stuff. Uh, uh, see, I keep saying they now because I'm afraid to say it wrong, even though they're all okay. Um, I they, typically say, they full disclosure, I, I do, because yeah, I saw easier. Halsey attack a writer yeah. who, yeah, we'll it's, talk it's about it. It's just easier. <laughs> um, but, the, but gymnastics was a big part of their life. And I remember- a couple months ago, maybe, uh, they posted that they're getting back into gymnastics, and they look great. They're losing the weight again. If that's the journey that JVN wants to go on, I support the weight loss. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like one of those things, like, uh, if you look great if you're thin, you look great if you're heavier, like, whatever you're... I think what looks great on people is, like, confidence. Yep. So whatever that looks like for you, wherever that weight is, I, I don't care. I just want you to be confident and happy. I just always love JVN's transparency, and I think yeah. that's what makes them the most relatable. And like I said, their stars shine the brightest. And I, my heart really goes out to them um, as someone like even myself. I've had a complicated relationship with food develop since I've been in LA. How you doing? But you know, I'm good and healthy. But I, you know, sometimes things get complicated because you there there are external pressures, especially when you're in our line of work, AJ. Mm-hmm. Um, and all these auditions and people, listen, people can get really crass in some of yes. their reviews and, and suggestions as to what you should do for the next right. time. Yeah. And the cast, like, the cast of Queer Eye, they're all attractive. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're mostly thin. Yeah. And so I think JVN probably feels some pressure to maintain something in the public eye. But, you know, there is beauty in diversity. Yes, so, there is. So maybe we do need a thicker... Uh, what is it? Fab Five. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of the members of the Fab Five do need to be well, a little listen, bit thicker. The pandemic was rough. It's okay. Yeah, it still is. Mm. <laughs> now listen, I'm an extrovert when I'm doing the radio show or I'm on camera somewhere. I'm hosting a live event in person. Full on extrovert. Mm-hmm. The second the lights are off, the mics are shut down. I'm an introvert. I'm on my couch with my dog and my husband, and that's it, right? Um, And before I get into this story, uh, if you're an introvert like me, you might enjoy, I don't know, ordering Postmates or getting Instacart to deliver your groceries. (laughs) Maybe you use Uber a lot, right? And And you click the thing. You don't want the Uber driver to talk to you. 
Shar, you do have an update for those who do, do use Uber a lot. Today is a deadline that's very important. What do you want our yes, listeners to know? Yes, they did not tell y'all about. Today, if you have Uber points, you better use them today. They expire tomorrow because Uber is getting rid of, they're wiping them all off the app because they're introducing a new program. So if you have Uber points that could go towards rides or Uber Eats and getting food and stuff, you better look into that now yeah. so you can take full advantage and treat yourself on this good Halloween. Listen, listen our listeners just may, maybe got themselves free lunch or dinner because of you. I hope so. I just found out about it. I got Starbucks on the way up here because I got two meetings after the <laughs> Trying show. Trying to use them all. <laughs> I looked at mine. I have like no points. I have no idea what my deal is. Well, you don't. I see. I Uber to a lot of parties where I know mm. I'm going to be, uh, you know, intoxicated, pulling pullin a Dorit, having we, a vodka soda in a short glass with three yeah. uh, lemons, carcass removed. We Ubered to uh, the Grande <laughs> Halloween party this weekend because Frankie and Joan like to throw a party, honey. Okay. And so we were drinking some tequila. Okay. Maybe an edible. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. Uh, this is interesting, though. This article on BuzzFeed. As an introvert, I am begging extroverts to stop doing these 26 things. 26. Uh-uh. Let's go. Okay. So you are, you identify as introverted or extroverted? I'm a lot like you because yeah. this job takes so much out of us and it you got to be on and you got to have energy that when it's time to put on a robe and slippers and mm. I still have on full regalia like lashes, makeup and, and hair, I just want to be curled up. Well, these, according to this article, these are some things that that users have written in and shared that really these throw them off. When y'all make last minute plans and expect us to just pivot. I get that one. I'm pretty flexible, but I hear my little sister. Now, that doesn't speak to introvert and extrovert to me. To me, that speaks to what we talked about earlier in the show as far as like being uh, spontaneous and impulsive versus having a a plan. (laughs) How about this? Uh, This is from an introverted point of view. When y'all get offended, if we ask you to just be slightly quieter. Yeah, I'm going to be offended by that. Yeah, sometimes I'll be loud. Yeah, I'm I'm always loud. I'm life of the party. But when I used to have roommates back in the day, I'd be the same. I'd be like, can you turn down the TV, please? Now that's different. Yeah, that's a little bit different. You know. Uh, when y'all tell us we're boring just because we don't want to talk. Well, the, you are. <laughs> you are. Who doesn't want to talk? Talking is so fun. Do you think introverted people are boring, Char? If they don't want to talk, absolutely. Talking is so fun. That, Conversation listen, is one of the joys, one of my biggest joys of life, and it should be one of yours, too. I get that. There are listeners all across the country right now who are so upset with you. You're never going to know it because they're never going to tell you because they're introverted, so they're going to keep it to themselves, but they're very upset with you right now. My, I would say my little sister, Mackenzie, is totally introverted, and she she's so funny because I've had to learn this about her over the years. I think we're having a great time, and all of a sudden, she just like shuts down and she disappears. I'm oh, like, her social battery's done. Yeah, she's like, I'm done. Yeah. And she needs to go home and reset. Puts on her headphones and draws some art or something and re- regroups. And then the next day she's ready to go. I got to tell like, you, nothing's better to me. Like, I'm one of those people, I soak it up in a supermarket or a mall or something where someone's just telling you their life story. Not if it's not if you're holding me up, but, you know, if it's casual, we're in line together and something happens and it's like, girl, I just got my heart broken. Like, I'll talk to now you. That's one of the things right here. Number seven, when y'all text your entire life story to us, we don't care. Now, see, I don't I don't do all the texting. I would rather FaceTime. One time I got my I was in a situation with the guy and I called an Uber to pick me up. And I said the Uber made the grave mistake of asking the driver made the grave mistake of asking, how's your night going? Because uh-uh. I told him. Uh huh. 
I said, oh, my God. This, no, da, da, da. this happened? And, like, yes, I told him. Okay. And he was, like, giving me advice. Like, he was so chill and so low-key. But I'm not the type of girl that you ask, how are you doing? Well, also low-key. Because right? I'm going to tell you. Those Uber drivers be getting lonely. They're in there for hours. It's like taxi cab confessions yeah, in you, some oh of them. Oh, my God. That used to be so good. I used to love that show. My life. Well, this one is, it, <laughs> my husband called me out this weekend. He's He rolls his eyes at me all the time because I talked to, I talked to a lot of people. So I'm not introverted in that. I'm not like in public. I'm pretty extroverted. You look approachable. If I didn't know you, I might say hi to you. See, okay. So that's the weirdest thing you said that because it's been this running joke in my friend groups, my family for my whole entire life that I'm like, do I just look like a nice guy, even though I'm kind of tall and I'm kind of a jerk sometimes because everybody always asks me to like take photos for them. Yeah. And I always, tell my, I always tell my husband, I'm like, you want to know why you have resting bitch face? Nobody wants to come talk to you because they think you don't like them. But me, I have RBF too. I'm like, well, I equate. I'm like a, a like a golden retriever. You're I like tell, a little smiling cancer. Totally. I tell my husband this every day. I'm a golden retriever. I wake up happy every single morning. I want to be loved by people. Excuse I want to love on people. I feel the same way. I just have RBF. I can't help that I have a a a, a pointed stare and sharp eyebrows. Not a pointed stare and sharp <laughs> eyebrows. Well, that hurts me, especially if I were introverted. It would help me. Um, but if you are introverted. I get it. We love you. And if you're extroverted, maybe just pull back on some of that extra sharing because the introverts don't like it. Tell me something good. How about this one? I love this story. A group of queer mountaineers. I'd like to meet them. That sounds kind of hot. Queer mountaineers recently planted a rainbow flag and a Ukraine flag on Vladimir Putin Peak. The rocky landmark named after the Russian leader back in 2011 lies uh, in the mountains outside of Kyrgyzstan. And the group says it's an act of protest protest against Putin's homo and transphobic imperial and neo-colonial regime. I, the amount of things that people do, um, they're part of a group called Pink Summits. Um, and, and they kind of do this around the world. It's a queer climbing group. And uh, it's just, I just love that people are so courageous. And they also know by the time these photos went up, they were long gone. They weren't on that mountain peak anymore. But they're putting their faces out there. And to live in Vladimir Putin's Russia, that's a that's a scary thing to do. So yeah. kudos to these queer people for, for showing off um, and for showing out and for reminding you know queer people in Russia and the Ukrainian people that, that they still matter. Yeah. I love it. And, of, of course, thinking of Brittany Griner. Oh, my God. Ooh. Still in a prison. Yeah. And, you know, they're holding her for the nine years. Like, oh. and she's about to be doing hard labor and stuff. Mm. So my heart really goes out to her. Um so, anyone who's ever been on Tinder knows that having a cute animal in a photo is a big hit. Mm. I think everybody kind of warms up to that. But what if your Tinder profile only featured a cute animal? And what if instead of a millennial would-be hooker-upper, it was an adorable dog or cat that's looking for true love? Would you participate in this? Because you're a dog owner. I, I love my dog. I'm obsessed with my dog. His second birthday is coming up. Wait. Vanessa, is my dog going to be with you on a second birthday because your dog's sitting? I think I get him back the day before. But no, I'm I'm in love with him. Yeah. I've never been on Tinder, though, and I would not. You've never been on Tinder? Not once. Oh, wow. I've never been on a single dating app in my life except for, well, Grindr once, and that was just for sex one time. Wow. But besides that, I've never. Oh, and I used to hook up on Manhunt, but that was a website back in the day. <laughs> Manhunt.net, I think it was. That, oh, was, back, that was like that 15, 20 years like ago. That sounds like the ghetto. Uh-huh, yeah. That was, Nevertheless, it was, um... 
uh, the the Lifeline Animal Project in Georgia is looking for fun ways to connect, you know, people with shelter dogs and potential adopters. I think this is such a, a cute idea. So you can I, go to their site. That is adorable. And you swipe. Unless, I mean, unless you're trying to get lucky. That's weird. Yeah. Listen, I'll tell you this. I don't think they're looking for love. We ain't I, doing that. I said years ago, <laughs> I remember I went off on Facebook in my younger years and I used to get really frustrated. And I said, listen, I posted on my Facebook because I was like, because I thought the world needed to know how I felt about this, whatever. And I said, listen, if you have a picture of your child as your Facebook profile picture, I'm unfriending you. I'm happy you're a parent. I don't know your kid. I went to high school with you and I want to stay in touch with you. You're an old friend, an acquaintance I met over the years. I don't want to look at a picture of your kid at like kindergarten. Why, why is this bothering you so much? Because it's not. If, if, listen, if my name on my Facebook profile is AJ Gibson and then I have a picture of my dog. Yeah. That's not me. So it's my that's profile. A, that's uh-uh, that's no. a reason to unfriend someone. Uh, absolutely. I don't want. Oh like, no, I'm you not, tripping? Because like, I don't want to. I don't want to like get updates on your kid. Like, oh, they pooped for the first time or they walked for the. I don't care. I don't care. I'm friends with you, not your child. They okay, have, well, you didn't say updates. You said a profile picture. But that's also, but that's all they post. Listen, if you've gone so far as to put your profile picture to your child or your pet, you've already gone over the edge. You've lost your marbles, and like, there's no coming back. And that's and reason to unfriend yes, someone. I don't, I'll be friends with you in real life when I see you. I don't want to okay. look. I don't want to just. I, I don't want to communicate because it feels weird, right? You want to be able to talk adult to adult, and I'm looking at like a little picture of a three year old, and I'm like, I'm not no, doesn't work for me. Really, that does no not way. bother me at all. Well, a few things bother me, but that <laughs> one does. Uh, Shar Jossel, thank you so much for for filling in today for Michaela Gordon. Uh, happy Halloween to you, yes, our thank little you. alien superstar. Uh, <laughs> stick around for some curated music just for you all Halloween day today and later tonight on Loveline. Uh, Dr. Chris Donahue is updating monogamy. What could that mean? Tune in and find out. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 